Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Father, thank you for your Word, for ears to hear it, hearts to receive it, minds to understand it. I thank you, dear Father, for the Holy Ghost to enlarge our capacity to receive it, that we may walk in the light thereof, and that you'd be glorified as a result. I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost and making my tongue as the pen of a ready writer to proclaim the truth of your word and the power of the Spirit, that our faith would stand not in men's wisdom, but in the power of the living God and resurrected Christ. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'd like to give you a quick review of some things we said last week. I have given you life. This is what God is speaking to our hearts by the Spirit. I have made you for my pleasure. I have placed within you talents and abilities that are to be used for my glory and honor and also to promote my kingdom here upon this earth. Walk uprightly before me and enter into my plan for your life that my will may be done, for there is much work that needs to be done. To those who will obey, the anointing upon their lives will increase by degree and measure. The rewards will be rich and the will of the Father will be done upon the earth. Our attitude towards that statement that came from the Spirit should be this. I have but one life to live, Father God, and you gave me that life. My desire is to know how I can live my life to the greatest glory of God Almighty and to the greatest blessing toward mankind. That should be our heart's attitude. I have but one life to live. And I want to live it to glorify God and to bless people. Well, we said to do that, we must begin at the beginning, and it's this. In Luke's Gospel, we read and found out that we are to love God with all of our spirit, our heart, our soul, our mind, and strength. And also, our neighbor is ourselves. If we're going to live our lives to the highest glory of God and to the greatest blessing toward mankind, then we must first love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and our neighbors as ourselves. In other words, loving God and loving people is what it's all about. We said to love God with the heart means with the central part of our being, not with lip service, but with thrusting our entire being into the things of God. Loving God from the heart. Jesus said, You honor me with your lips, but your heart is far from me. To love with the soul means to love with the will and the emotions, making right choices and decisions according to the will of God. And with our emotions means recognizing the fact that sin is so big in the sight of God and immense that the price that was paid for it as far as God is concerned is so precious that we become so appreciative with our emotions. We worship Him and we appreciate Him. It's throwing our emotions into the things of God. Serving Him with our will and also with our emotions. 
We went on to say that loving God with our mind or our intellect involves our thoughts and intellect. The mind means putting God first and foremost in our thoughts and also gaining the knowledge of God in our brains. Flooding our minds with the knowledge of God. Learning to know God and understand Him. And then loving Him with all of our strength involves loving Him with all of our capacity. More than anything else. More than anyone else. We love God. We absolutely, positively love God. With our heart, our soul, with our mind and our strength, we love God. In this particular passage of Scripture, being that it is Mother's Day, I'd like to include in this teaching is the fact that in order for us to live this kind of a lifestyle before God that is well-pleasing to Him, to His highest honor and glory, and also the greatest blessing towards mankind, we must serve God. We must serve Him. Choose to serve Him with our lives. We love Him, and that love is demonstrated in service. We serve Him with our lives. And you will notice here that Joshua said, Look, as far as I'm concerned, to me it doesn't matter. If you and your family members want to serve false gods and idols, that's up to you. You're going to have to make a choice as to what you and your family members are going to do with regard to who you serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I, as an individual, as a, a husband and as a father, will choose to serve God with my life. That would mean his wife and family, as far as he was concerned, his children, we choose to serve God Almighty. And if we are going to live our, our lives to the highest glory of God and also to the greatest blessing that we can possibly be to mankind, then we as individuals must make a decision. We must choose to serve God with our lives. And what that really means is we enlist ourselves in the service of God. We are in the army of God. We are living for God. We are in the earth representing God. And our lives are going to reflect that very thing. When you serve this country, you're called upon to serve. You must be, perform certain duties and responsibilities. You are obligated to service. When you say you make Jesus Christ Savior and Lord of your life, it means you want to live for God because you love God. You choose to serve God with your life. You choose not to serve idols. You choose not to serve the God of self. You choose to live your life to serve the living God. To perform what is well-pleasing to Him. Living by His standards for life, by His ways of living, and doing what He would have us to do with our lives. So here we see Joshua made a decision. As far as he was concerned and his family, they would serve God. When anyone makes this decision to serve the Lord as Joshua did, the first thing to remember is this. Whenever we make a decision to serve God with our lives, it means we make a decision to draw closer to Him. We make a decision to experience more of His operational power within our lives. You recall when Jesus made a decision, when He was baptized in water to fulfill all righteousness, in other words, to serve God, to live for the Father God, and not to do my own will? 
we saw the first thing that took place when he made that conscious decision was the Father was well pleased. He was drawing closer to the Father, and the Spirit of God came upon him. He experienced greater power with God, for he was anointed from on high with the Holy Ghost and with power. We understand that. When we make that same decision to serve God with our lives, it means that we are going to fulfill all righteousness and live our lives and conduct ourselves in a way that is well-pleasing to God Almighty. And we're going to do it all the way through our lives. As a result, we'll draw closer to the Father and as a result, we'll experience a greater measure of the power of God in our lives. Well, beloved, whenever we make that decision, make note of this. The enemy and the flesh will oppose you every step of the way. The enemy and the flesh will oppose me every step of the way. When we make a decision to lay down our lives for God, to serve God with our lives, the enemy and the flesh will oppose us every step of the way. There will be tremendous opposition. You will notice that after Jesus made that conscious decision to serve the Father and to do His will, and receiving power from on high as He was drawing nigh to the Father, that the enemy came to tempt Him. The enemy came to oppose Him, to stand against Him. And the flesh would work against Him. His flesh was tiring. His flesh was becoming hungry. And the enemy played upon that and used that, as far as he was concerned, to, to get him to fall. But he could not do that with the Lord. The Lord rose up victorious over all the temptations of the devil by using the Word of God. And then he went forth in the power of the Spirit to accomplish the purpose of God with his life. Well, what I'm saying is, beloved, when anyone makes that decision, not just Jesus, when we made that decision, maybe it was years ago, to live our lives for God as an individual, to live our lives for God as a husband or wife, to live our lives for God as a mother or as a father, when we made that conscious decision of our will to serve God with our lives as Joshua did, as far as I'm concerned, my, me and my house, we're going to serve God. Opposition will come immediately. The flesh will rise up in rebellion immediately. Because we are drawing closer to God and reaching out for a greater measure of His operational power in our lives. The enemy will come immediately so that we do not gain these experiences in our lives. Well, whether we realize it or not, each and every one of us has been called to it. Just as we have been called to experience the new birth, we've also been called to serve God. We have been called to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow Him. We have been called, as far as God's concerned, to renounce the world as our portion and to choose God as our portion. We have been called, as far as God is concerned, to submit to His authority and control and resist the authority and control of the devil and to resist the opposing forces of our flesh. We are not to be under the control or dominion of Satan or the control or dominion of the flesh. We are to be under the control and dominion and authority of the Almighty God, Jesus being the Lord of our lives. It is our responsibility and duty then to live, not for ourselves, in other words, but to live, to serve God with our lives. To live for the one who died for us, who loved us, 
who washed us from our sins, who rose again, who is seated at the Father's right hand. We have been called, in other words, to serve God with our lives because He laid down His life for us. We did not lay down our lives to serve Him. And that's what Joshua was saying here. As for me and my house, we will serve God. I am not going to halt between two opinions any longer. You can choose to serve false gods. You can choose to serve the God of idols. You can choose to serve the God of self. But as far as I'm concerned, me and my house, we will serve Jehovah, the Lord God Almighty. Beloved, you realize we don't have a choice but to serve someone? Do you realize that? Let me say it another way. You have no choice but to live by words. Did you know that? We live by words whether we realize it or not. We have no control over it. But we have control over is this. What words will you live by? If we choose to live by the word of the living God, we'll be blessed. Because His Word endures forever. Heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will endure forever. And that Word will uphold us, sustain us, maintain us, and propel us through life. But if we, if we choose to live by the Word of doubt and unbelief, and the Word of the enemy, and the Word of feeling, we'll be destroyed and devastated by life's storms. When it comes to service, you're going to serve someone. You're going to serve the flesh. You're going to serve the world. You're going to serve the devil. Or you're going to serve God. When it comes to service, we only have the right to choose whom we will serve. And that's what Joshua was saying. You can choose to serve self if you want to. You can choose to serve false idols if you want to. You can choose to serve the world system and be under its control if you want to. But for me and for my house, we will serve the Almighty God. You can choose to serve selfishness if you want to. But it's for me and my house, we will serve the Almighty God. We will live for God. We will live our lives to please Almighty God and to fulfill all righteousness in our lives. So, beloved, we also must make a conscious decision if we're going to live our lives to the highest glory of God and to the greatest good toward all mankind and blessing toward all mankind, we must choose to serve God with our lives. And as we do, He makes us servants to all. His tunnel of blessing will flow through our lives, enabling us to fulfill His will upon this earth. What does all this have to do with motherhood? Well, beloved, you remember Elijah and the prophets of Baal up on Mount Carmel? Do you remember how the prophets of Baal were leading others to serve him and to worship him through self-sacrifice, human sacrifice, and all these different other ways, torturing themselves, self-torture and all that just to please him? And really, he was no God at all, none but a false god. And Elijah the prophet says, how long are you going to halt between two opinions? How long are you going to halt between two opinions? If Baal be God, serve him. But if Jehovah be God, serve him. And after it was all over, you know the story. He said, serve the God that answers by fire. Serve the God that answers by fire. Serve the God that answers by fire. And the fire came out of heaven, burned up the sacrifice, licked up all the water, and it proved to them that God, Jehovah God, was God Almighty, and Baal was nobody, nothing, profited nothing for anyone's life, served God, served God, and they fell before the Lord, and they began to serve God once again, Jehovah God, recognizing that He was God. Beloved, I believe this morning what God wants to do is rekindle the fire inside each mother's heart. I really believe that He wants each of us to know as parents, and in particular mothers, as far as motherhood is concerned, through successes in serving God with your life to rear up your children in the way that they should go. 
I believe He wants to answer the fire. I believe He wants to touch your heart with a renewed and rekindled fire right now to give you a renewed vision with regard to motherhood. As you have laid down your life to serve God, it includes the fact that you are a mother and you are living your life for God's service and for God's will. And I want you to turn with me, if you would please, to Luke's Gospel, chapter 1. And we can use this same message with regard to fatherhood, motherhood, or whatever we choose to do with our lives in life and the identity that we have. But because it's Mother Day, we're going to talk about mothers here. We are to serve God. You as a mother are to serve God. You are to serve God with your life and in the fulfillment of a plan that He has. A plan that affects us in the now and also throughout all eternity. And He wants your heart to be rekindled once again. He wants you to have a renewed vision because in the day in which we live, beloved, there are those mothers who are walking away from their own family members. There are those that are separating themselves from this all-important task that is ordained of God. The family unit is falling apart. It's under the severe attack of the enemy in the world system. And there are those that are not dedicated to the upbringing of their children and the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And He wants us to be godly parents that are going to teach them the ways of God and show them the ways of God as we serve Him. We are His servants upon this earth to show our children that, that God is alive. He is living. He is caring. He is loving. And He has a plan for their lives. And He wants us, whether it's mother or father, He wants us to have a renewed vision of the place of importance that we have in His service, in the service of His kingdom, in rearing up our children in the way that they should go. And I really believe, if we're going to be successful as a woman, as a mother, God has given you an example to follow. In Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, her name is Mary. I want you to know that God handpicked a certain individual who was going to be the one who would bring forth his son into the earth and then provide an environment in which he could grow up in the nurture admonition of the Lord and grow strong in spirit, wisdom, and understanding. Her name was Mary. She is a perfect example of a woman who became a mother who served God with her life for the purpose of enabling the Father God to accomplish great and mighty things in the earth through her offspring. And when God looked down upon her heart, choosing her, He saw certain qualities that were there, knowing that He could use. He called her. You know the whole story, so I won't go through the whole thing in full detail, but I want you to look, if you would please, with me at verse 38. And Mary said when God called her, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Notice the first part of that text. Behold, the handmaid of the Lord. First of all, Mary loved God. And to live our lives to the highest glory of God and greatest good toward all mankind, one must love God, we said, with all the heart. She loved God with every part of her being. She lived her life to serve God. She preserved her body to serve God. In the days in which we live, there are those that are involved in, in premarital sex at an early age, but not Mary. And I'm sure in the days in which she lived, it was no different. We think things are different today. I'm sure it was no different. They were marrying younger at a, at a younger age at that time. But she was one who loved God so much with her life, she chose to serve Him with her life. And that was demonstrated through her lifestyle. She kept herself pure before God. A virgin who is sincere in heart in her relationship with God. 
And when God came upon her by His Spirit, announcing with, by the angel what He would do with her life, saying all these things that were hard to be understood, we see by her response, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, that she was sincere, and that she wanted to serve God with her life, and no matter what it took, she was going to do so. Because of her love, she thrust her entire heart into serving God. You can see by that same statement, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, the fact that her decision was based upon the Word of God, which means she loved God not only with her heart, but also with her soul. Her will and emotions were involved in that same decision. Because what God said to her went totally against nature. Totally against what she understood. God said to her that you will bring forth a child, knowing no man. The power of the Holy Ghost will come upon you. She loved God with her thoughts. She loved God with her mind, her will and emotions. She loved God with her intellect. And she demonstrated that love by doing what? Saying, regardless of what my feelings say, regardless of what my intellect says, regardless of my thoughts and what they may say to me, behold, the handmaid of the Lord. She was saying, I am available. Behold, look no further. Gaze upon me. I am the one. I'll do exactly what you would have me to do with my life. It doesn't matter what my head says. It doesn't matter what my feelings say. What matters is what my heart says. And my heart says, I want to serve you with my life. If you're a woman out there and you're a mother out there, I want you to know it is so important for you to have the same kind of sincerity of heart that she had. And that you take in the heart and the consideration and in the heart the fact that being a mother and rearing up a child is important in the presence of Almighty God. He gave us the privilege of procreation. The privilege of reproducing human beings upon the face of this earth. And as far as God is concerned, it's an all-important thing in His sight. You love Him so much that you devote your life to this all-important task. I love God so much that I will rear up my child in the way he or she should go. I'm available to you, Father God. I make myself, my life, my household, my family unit available to you. I give you myself to do your will upon this earth. And every decision that I make will be in, harmon in harmony with your will for my life. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. She is saying a mother must yield herself to God for the service of His will so that His work can be accomplished in the earth. Here I am. I make myself available. I am yours. I love you with all my heart. No matter what it is that you tell me to do, I will do it because I love you. I serve you with my life. The next part of the verse says, Be it unto me according unto thy word. And what this says is, Serving God involves the entire surrender of the life to God. Keeping nothing back. I totally surrender myself to you to serve you and to do your will. I will keep nothing back. And beloved, this requires faith. God knows our shortcomings. God knew her shortcomings. God knows our faults. God knew her faults. God knows our failures. God knew her failures. Let's get in our minds that Mary was not a perfect person 
that so many things she was. She was a human being with the imperfections of a human being. She was a human being with human frailties, faults, shortcomings, just like anyone else. God did not look upon her outward frame. God looked upon the attitude and intent of her heart. And everything in her inward parts cried out, I love you, God Almighty. I serve you, God Almighty. With my life, I choose to do your will. That's exactly the intent and attitude of her heart. As a result, he moved upon her. As a result, he used her. She was available for service. She thrust her entire life into it. She surrendered her life by faith. As a mother, you're to do the same thing. It's a life of faith. It's not a life of feeling. It's a life of faith. It's not a life of sight. There's going to be hard places and difficulties as there were in her life. But beloved, the rewards are tremendous and the rewards are great. Think about the result of her obedience to God, bringing forth the Savior into the world that we all may be redeemed. The point being is this. We do it by faith. We can't look at the difficulties, whether it be of conceiving seed as she did, or the impossibility of in conceiving seed like she did, without knowing a man. You take your eyes off all the difficulties. Yes, we're living in perilous times right now. We realize how hard it is to rear up our children, but we've got to take our eyes off the difficulties. We've got to take our eyes off of the impossibilities. If this woman could have the, the insight, the ability to look beyond the flesh, to look beyond sense knowledge, to look beyond human reasoning and see that God was big enough to fulfill His Word and His will through her life, regardless of her shortcomings, faults, or failures. If she could do that, can we not today look beyond the, the human difficulties and also impossibilities that seemingly are out there with regard to rearing up our children in the way that they should go? We continue to say that it's tough, that it's rough, that it's hard, that it's difficult because of all the influences that are out there. Beloved, greater is He who is in us than He that is in the world. We serve a mighty God. Angels of God are sent forth to encamp round about those that fear them. And our children are a part of the family. And as husbands and wives, as mothers and fathers choose to serve God from the depth of their being because they love God, there is no withholding of the goodness and the grace and the power of God from their lives. They draw nigh to God, closer to God. They experience a greater operational power of God in their lives as Jesus did, as Mary did when she made that decision of her will. And as a result, God begins to work on their behalf. Mothers out there, whether or not wherever your child is right now, I want you to know something. This is a work of faith. It's not a work of, I'm the perfect mother. I've got to do everything right from A to Z to see to it that my child follows God. No, it is the work of faith. You're imperfect. Fathers are imperfect. Mothers are imperfect. Human beings are imperfect. It is the work of God. These are God's children. He's entrusted them to us for a season, for a period of time. We're to rear them up, show them the example, show them the way by serving God, bringing God into our lives, bringing God into our homes, our family units. We serve God. We stand for God. We live for God. We do the will of God. And then having the same spiritual insight that she had to look beyond the difficulties and impossibilities and say, Be it unto me according to the Word of God. You can fulfill your Word. Even though there's difficulties. Even though there's impossibilities. Man says it can't be done, but I say it can. Be it unto me according to your Word. She looked beyond it all. You may think your child's beyond hope right now. I want you to know something. Look beyond the difficulty. You may think you can't make it as a mother right now. You know what? Look beyond the difficulty. 
How am I going to see it through the end? I mean, I'm going crazy right now. Look beyond the impossibilities. Those are lies that God has entrusted to you that are going to have an impact upon society and then throughout eternity. Not only now, but throughout eternity. And God has entrusted them to you. And you're not going to do it in the natural. You'll never be able to do it in the natural. But God has given you more than the natural. He has given you the supernatural. And by faith, you can look beyond the difficulties and the possibilities, and you can depend upon God to carry out His purpose. You can look to God to provide the strength you need, the grace you need, and the mercy you need to fulfill His plan. And believe me, as a mother, as a father, as a parent, we need the strength of God. We need the mercy of God. We need the grace of God. Why? Because He's dealing with our lives also. And we have our shortcomings, faults, and failures. And even though they are there, thank God for His mercy that endures forever. And even though maybe at a time your child will look to you and say, you know what, you seem to be kind of hypocritical because you tell me to do one thing and it seems like you don't have that worked out in your own life yet. Well, one day you'll tell them, well, you know, you're going to grow up someday. You're going to need the mercy of God, the grace of God, and the strength of God to get by in life also. Never said I was perfect. I'm showing you the way of God. There's not a human being alive who's ever going to be perfect. But I'll tell you what, there are those that are sincere with God, those that love God, those that will obey God, and the results thereof will be glorious in the end. No one's going to make that mark of perfection in the flesh, but praise God, God looks after the intent of the heart. You're going to need God's strength someday. You're going to need, you're going to need God's mercy someday and God's grace someday and God's forgiveness someday. If you're a parent out there and you think that maybe as a mother you have failed in some way or some... Maybe you didn't have the exact knowledge of God that you needed along the way. I want you to know something. God's mercy is endless. It endures forever. It is still operational right now. All you've got to do is reach out and say, I reach out for the mercy of God Almighty. His mercy will be manifested unto you right then and there. You say, I need power. God will give you operational power. His grace, He'll provide the grace because it's not just your work that's to be done. It is God's work. That life is not just your responsibility. It is Almighty God's responsibility. That child is an eternal spirit being. And that child may be wayward right now. And you may say, how in the world? What can I do? You can do something. You can employ God. You can get a hold of the power of God, the mercy of God, God's operational power. And you can unleash that power of God upon that child's life. Because you're not working alone. Mary did not say, well, you know, I can get this job done. I can do this. Can you imagine the responsibility of rearing up the Son of the living God? It was enough for her to have faith to conceive seed. But she did it. She did that. And she looked beyond that and said, I can do it all. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Be it done unto me in my life according to your will. I will serve you because I love you. And if you tell me I can have a baby without knowing a man, I believe you. You're God. You provide what is necessary. You'll do your part and you'll provide me with mercy, grace, and strength that I need. And I'll tell you what. She had boldness and confidence before God. Beloved, in our walk of faith, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.18... While we look not at the things that are seen, but the things that are not seen. You parents that are out there with young children, you mothers out there with young children, it may not seem to you right now as you see your child's life that they are responding to the Word of God. And I tell this to teachers also because sometimes our teachers of our youth get frustrated when they don't see something happening right now in a child's life. I want you to know something. A major part of rearing up our children involves the planting of seed and the watering of seed. You may not see the full product until years go by. 
You may not see the full effect of your example and, and your teaching of your child until years go by. But you have a guarantee that comes from God Almighty Himself if you will live right before your child. If you will teach him and rear them up in the way of God, when they grow old, they will not depart from it. God has a part to play in this thing as well as us. And so as a mother, you can say along with Mary, Be it unto me according unto the Word of God, not according to what I see. I'm looking beyond the physical. These things are temporal and subject to change. I will proclaim the truth of God's Word to my child and my children. I will keep the Word of God before them. I'll implore the mighty power of the Holy Ghost in their lives. I'll loose holy angels to go forth. I believe that God is at work in the life of my child and I will not quit. As long as I have breath, I will proclaim faith in Almighty God who will touch that child's life. I see that child in the fold. I see that child serving God. I see that child's life being molded and shaped and formed by the power of the Word and Spirit of the living God. I refuse to give in. It's not impossible and it's not too difficult because I serve a God with whom all things are possible and nothing is too difficult for Him. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Second Timothy 1 says, and this is so important to know in this aspect of serving God with rearing up our children, He's able to keep that which we have committed unto Him. There comes a time when we as parents, mothers, listen carefully, have got to let go and let God. There comes a time when we have to acknowledge the fact that we have placed every good thing in them. We've done our best. We're not perfect. We never claim to be. We're human beings growing in God ourselves. But you know what, Father God, we've done our part. I have been a good example. I have taught the Word of God. I have given the Word of God. And I have repented when I have missed the mark. I have asked forgiveness of my children when I have missed the mark. I have shown them the way of life. And now the time has come that they're out there on their own. And Father God, I look to You. I commit the life of my child, my children to You. And I believe You're able to keep that which I have committed to You against that day. I believe that You will stay before their face. I believe that Your Word will go with them everywhere they go. I believe Your angels have charge over them and they are loose and will minister. I believe there will be labors across their path. I believe, dear Father God, to see Your glory in operation until my dying day, till my breath leaves me. And I still believe that when I'm gone from this fear of life, I still believe my faith will work in the earth to touch my child so long as he lives. Until that day that he surrenders all to You. Because I believe with You all things are possible. I commit my child to you. Look on down. As a matter of fact, in connection with that, hold your place right there. Real quick, Jeremiah chapter 31. Jeremiah chapter 31. You see, beloved, rearing up our children doesn't involve just those few short years. It involves their life. Their lifespan upon this earth that will affect them throughout eternity. Do we see that? So we don't give up. We have stick to No matter what it looks like now, we're looking beyond those things. These things that are temporal can be changed, praise God. God's Word is eternal. And I'm not giving up. I believe that God is at work. In, in Jeremiah chapter 31, those of you whose children are not totally following God right now. In verse 15, Thus says the Lord, A voice was heard in Ramah, lamentation and bitter weeping. Rachel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted for her children because they were not. Thus saith the Lord, Refrain thy voice from weeping. Refrain thy voice from weeping. Refrain thy voice. God is speaking to some mothers out there right now. Refrain your voice from weeping and thine eyes from tears. 
For thy works shall be rewarded, saith the Lord, and they shall come again from the land of the enemy. And they shall come again from the land of the enemy. Her children were not. They were not. And she was weeping and she was in full of tears and full of mourning and all that. And he said, dry your eyes and don't weep any longer. Stop the mourning. Your work, I've seen the work of your hands. I've seen the cry of your heart. And I'm moving in power and in might and your children will come from the hand of the, or the hand of the enemy. Oh, beloved, if you're out there and, and your heart has been heavy, I want it to be free right now. Let that burden re- be removed from you and look to God. And as Mary trusted God to conceive seed and have the power to give life without a man, so can you believe that Almighty God is at work through your life to touch and reach out to your child. Look beyond the difficulty and the impossibility of the situation and know that God is God and He is able. And He is moving on your behalf and your child's coming in from the land of the enemy. Now, going back to Luke 1 and look at verse 45. There's a reward. And blessed is she that believed. 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 And blessed. The person who believes is blessed. The mother who believes is blessed. The mother who believes that no, no matter, it doesn't matter that we're living in a society right now that says it's difficult to rear up a child. No matter, we live in a society that says it's practically impossible to keep your child serving God and living for God. The mother that believes is blessed. I believe if God can work this miracle in Mary's life, if God can enable her to conceive seed, do you think He is also uh, powerful enough to see to it that she has the equipment that is needed to see to it that Jesus Himself was reared up with godly counsel and wisdom and stature and strength and might? Absolutely. God has enabled you as a mother to have the abilities that you need on the inside. Hallelujah. To, to, to bring forth out of your spirit so as to see to it that your child knows God. He is able to keep that child in His loving care. He is able to to be with that child, wherever that child may be. And you are blessed, number one. You'll be blessed in the salvation of your child. A mother that believes is blessed. As Mary believed and she was blessed, a mother who believes is blessed. It's not because you're perfect in the flesh. It's not because you do everything right in the flesh. It's because you speak words of life and you believe God. You know as well as I do that there are many influences out there in the world. But you believe God. You believe that your God is bigger than the influence of the world. You believe that your God is bigger than any difficulty, any impossibility. You believe that your God is able to take your child and keep him and protect him from the hand of the enemy. You are blessed with the salvation of your child. And then you are, rebla- you are blessed with the rewards of a fruitful life that is lived for God. It may be that your child, like Jesus, makes an impact upon society as Jesus did. Jesus influenced the lives of multitudes. It may be that the child that you're rearing up may do the same thing. How many mothers realize that they're giving birth to a Billy Graham? How many mothers realize that they're giving birth to to those other ministers who will go out there and influence other people's lives for Jesus? The reward is also upon the life of the mother and father that reared up that child in a godly way. So the mother who believes is blessed. The mother who what? Is perfect in the flesh? No. The mother who believes is blessed. I believe. It's a life of faith. I'm looking beyond the difficulty. I'm looking beyond the impossibility. I believe that God Almighty is staring my child in the face throughout all the days of his life until his knee bows. 
And as I said, the mother who believes does not quit even on her dying day. The mother who believes says, my faith remains in the earth. The words I have spoken will not return void because they're the word of God. And that child will be dealt with all the days of his or her life until that child leaves this realm of life. That's the believing mother. And that believing mother is blessed. Blessed with the salvation of the child. Blessed with the rewards of a fruitful life of the child. And then what's left to do is found in Luke 1.46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. My soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God. Notice my spirit. Oh, if we could just understand the depths of her statement. I serve God from my heart. I serve God with my entire being. I've loved Him with sincerity of heart. I've given myself to Him. And even when my senses told me otherwise, even when situations told me otherwise, even when difficulties stared me in the face, even when impossibilities were right before me, I serve God with all of my heart. I believe God with all of my heart. And I believe the hand of the Lord is upon me. And as a result, she's a blessed person. She is blessed and her soul began to magnify God. Beloved, there is something about those who experience the operational power of God that results in blessing. Their soul begins to magnify God. Their soul that had all the the, the torment, all the pressure of the difficulties and of the impossibilities and of the adversities. I mean, just coming in, entering in, trying to cloud up the thinking faculties trying to disturb the will and the emotions. All of a sudden, she says, My soul doth magnify the Lord. I have seen the glory of God. I have seen the power of God. I have seen God mightily at work. And my soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. She began to rejoice from within because she saw the hand of the Lord. It affected her and her soul. And finally, it fell deep inside her spirit. And her spirit began to magnify God. For He had done great things and mighty things. What is the end result of the one who serves God with a loving heart, who lives his life, her life to the highest uh, glory of God and good toward all mankind, your spirit will rejoice in God, your Savior, for you will see him work mighty things and great things and glorious things in your life and things that will affect you not only now, but also in the world that is to come. There will be rewards and rich dividends paid unto those that love him and serve him with their lives. Some mothers that are out there, note this. No matter where you're at in being a mother, no matter where you're at right now, if your child's out there gone and they're out in the world right now, and they may even be a prodigal son or whatever, I want you to know that this is the message of the Lord to your heart. If you're a young mother out there right now and you've got young children, I want you to know something. You've got to look beyond the now. You've got to have the ability to look beyond the now, beyond the difficulty, beyond the impossibility, and look and see that God is mightily at work and He is in charge of that young life. He will take hold of that life. He has a purpose and a plan for that life. And as you look not to your own self, you look to yourself, you'll be insecure. You can't do it. The job is too big. It's too big for you. It's too big for me. You know fatherhood's too big for me? You know motherhood is too big for you? I'll tell you right now. When you think about all the ramifications with regard to motherhood and fatherhood, it's, it's too big for any of us. But I'll tell you, when you take this attitude and approach and you say, you know what? That child came from God. The God that gave me that child will provide what is necessary for me. If I need strength, he's got strength. If I need mercy, he's got mercy. If I need grace, he's got grace. If I need forgiveness, he's got forgiveness. Whatever I need. If I need miracle working power, he's got it. Praise God. I look to Him. I look beyond all these difficulties and the possibilities. I look to the God with whom all things are possible. With whom all things are possible and nothing is too difficult for Him. 
and be it done unto me according unto the word of the living God. And I choose to serve God with my life and speak words to my children. And God will never leave them nor forsake them all the days of their lives. And even in my dying breath, I still believe, if they've not responded even at that time, I still believe to see the glory of God in manifestation. I believe that. Oh, beloved, that's called being committed. Committed means seeing something through to the end, all the way to the end. Whether it's marriage, whether it's, it's family, uh, serving God, whatever it is, all the way to the end. Those two are our responsibility, and they'll be our responsibility until we leave this realm of life. Do you see that? Praise God. So if you're out there, like I said, mothers that are out there, and this includes fathers too, you don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. The ramifications of motherhood and fatherhood are just too big for all of us. But you know what? If you do it God's way and you let God be God, it's not too big for Him. You let your faith, like Mary let her faith, allow your faith to rise up as you surrender all to God. And you just be what you can be, the example, and you give the Word of God. And I'll tell you what, your service for God will be rewarded. There'll be rich dividends. Number one, in the salvation of your child. Number two, in the rewards of a fruitful life for God. And I believe that with all of my heart. Now, before... Uh, I want to be obedient to God. So I'm going to ask our praises and musicians to come up here right now. I know there are many, many different situations out there when it, with regard to parents and children and, and all that. But I tell you what, beloved, as I said, it's not too big for God to handle. I believe if you're out there right now, God is able to meet by His Spirit your need. No matter where you're at, no matter what the relationship is like right now, I believe that God is able to meet the need of every individual in this place. He is able to keep that which we have committed unto Him. I believe that He can, by His Spirit and through His Word, manifest Himself in a glorious way so as to bring difficulties and impossibilities to their knees. They must bow. I believe that with all of my heart. So don't you give up. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare cave in. Don't you dare faint and lose heart. And you with young ones out there, don't you think it's too much for you to handle? You know what? It's your ministry and you can handle it. And if you need strength, God's got strength. And if you need mercy, God's got mercy. And whatever it is that you need, God's got it. All you've got to do is ask for it and it's yours, praise God. Because this is something that you are collaborating together with Him in. It's not ours alone. It's His family, praise God. And so you are in the fulfillment of that as you seek His face to do His will and serve Him with your life in this capacity. Hallelujah. Thank you, dear Father God. Thank you, dear Father God. Thank you, dear Father God. I asked Him already. I said, Father God, what is it that you would want me? What can possibly be done? I know that there are different situations out there. There are different needs out there right now. And He just showed me that it's by the anointing of His Spirit and it's by the power of His Word. And so by the power of His Word that you have heard, I want you to know that nothing is too difficult. I want you to know that no situation is impossible because God Almighty is in charge and in control. And as you just be that vessel through which He works and manifests Himself, He will still continue to penetrate and pierce the hearts of our young people to see to it that they are kept throughout all the days of their lives. Now, the anointing also will break any yoke of bondage. I'm going to ask all mothers that... that Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father... I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.